Hello, and welcome to Pause the Process, where two college friends take a pause, step back, and observe the process of life unfolding. Well, hello, stranger. I'm back. It's been a while, everyone. Sorry for the long absence. I was busy being a camp counselor for a few weeks, and unfortunately, that's one of the only jobs that makes it pretty much impossible to record a podcast. But I am really glad to be back. How are you doing, Shiv? Currently, I'm in a mix of like excitement, nervousness, anxiousness, eagerness, classic first week of school type of emotional soup, but we'll get more into why I'm feeling like that a little later. I do want to say thanks to Dunny for stepping in while Ryan was gone. He was really generous with his time and knowledge for three weeks. And he does listen to these. He's a loyal listener, so he'll hear he'll hear this eventually. So thanks, Dunny. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Dunny. I really, really appreciate that stepping in, basically as you know, the other co-host while I was gone. That's super awesome. And and I listened to all the episodes, and they were really interesting. So in terms of what we're going to be talking about this week, we thought we'd take this week to just do a general life update, and we have a few updates in terms of the show. So we'll get to those at the end. But for now. Shivam, you mentioned you were nervous for the first week of school. I think a lot of people probably know what that is, but if you want to explain to the people who don't, what's going on for you, bud? Yeah, I don't think I formally announced it on this show. You guys know that I was in the middle of the application process back in January, February, March. I probably mentioned it here or there in those episodes. Well, since then, I've ultimately decided where I wanted to go, and that is Vanderbilt Law School in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, go fighting Vanders? Commodores. 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 Okay. Close Commodores. enough, right? So yes, that's where I am right now, and that is a big change that I'll talk about. But um, I, I do have some things I want to talk about before I even got here, and go that is I went on a family vacation uh, back in July, middle of July, to the Dominican Republic to Punta Cana, and specifically in the Dominican Republic, which is really cool. I haven't really gone on a vacation for vacation's sake in years. I mean, I've gone to places. I've gone to places, but and I'm very happy to have gone to those places, but it's always for another reason as well, a wedding or usually it's just weddings because Indian weddings are a big thing. But this was a vacation for vacation's sake, and that was really refreshing. So we picked the Dominican Republic after some deliberation. And uh, yeah, we went four or five days. We got there Thursday. We left the following Tuesday, uh, which seemed like the right amount of time. You kind of got settled in. You had some time to explore some excursions and do some fun stuff, but also have some downtime at the resort. And uh, it was really cool. So uh, I do have some highlights that I want to share. First, if you're ever going to go to the Dominican Republic, when in doubt, Mama Juana it out. Literally, Mama, the word for mom, and Juana, like Juan with an A at the end. Mama Juana, it's one word. Uh, it is a alcoholic beverage made of, uh, if I remember correctly, wine, honey, uh, rum, a rum which is big in itself in the, the Dominican Republic. It's a mixture of those three things plus this root. It's big there. It's like their local product. It's like American apple pie. Like apple pie is American. And from what I gathered during my time there, Mama Juana is Dominican. It it was really interesting to learn about that uh, because it's taken on like a cultural meaning as well. It's culturally and in their language, it's basically like a slang term for like any fun interjection. At least that's what we were led to believe by the staff at the, the resort we were staying at. So a couple of examples of this, we were able to go and 
try archery one day. And the person who was instructing us and teaching us how to do it, he'd say like, oh, you need to be stronger because that that bow is like surprisingly strong. Uh, you really, really, really have to pull back on it. So this guy would be like, oh, more strength, more tequila, more Mama Juana. Like he's literally, Mama Juana in that sense was like, oh, I need more strength out of you. I need you to like work harder, pull harder and stuff. Um, another time uh, when we'd ask someone to take, you know, a family picture for us, the, the person would be like, okay, familia, cheese, Mama Juana. Like it's literally like the word for smile before you take a picture. And then uh, if you ever were trying to speak Spanish there as someone who's taken Spanish in college. You know, I tried to remember the words and tried to put together some very basic sentences. Uh, whenever <laughs> you stumble, you just say Mama Juana and everyone just breaks out laughing. You'd be like, oh, uh, puedo que usar el uh, Mama Juana. And then everyone just like, just busts out laughing. So literally, if you're ever in a bind, just say the word Mama Juana and everyone smiles and laughs and it's a great time. So if you ever go to the Dominican, Mama Juana is a way of life. I was thinking, does English have a word like that? That would be cool if English just had kind of a, you know, all uses word. And I think it might be yeet. I think that's kind of the equivalent. You just, whenever you're in trouble, just say yeet. Just whenever you forget what to say, just insert that. I started using it ironically, and now I just use it. And I think I'm just serious about using it. It's bad. It's bad, you're, Shivam. You're late, to the, you're late to the party there. I remember yeet back in high I'm school. I'm always late to the party. I think everyone's late to the party. I think everyone's. I remember Yeet back in high school. I don't know how it suddenly caught on. (laughs) But yeah, sure. Yeet is like an example of this. But Yeet's not like a product too. It's like Mama Juan is an actual thing you can buy and consume, but it also is all these other things. So anyway, uh, another thing that was really interesting to me was that at this resort, there were a lot of buff, very fit men, specifically in the like service staff. So in the hotel we stayed at, there was a person called Butler. Basically, he's like a concierge and there was a concierge in all of the buildings. There are like eight, nine, 10 buildings. So each building had its own Butler. Basically, if you ever had a problem, you just talk to him, he'd take care of it. Or he'd help you book stuff, book reservations, stuff like that. All of those people were like six foot, six foot, 6'2", well-built, they go to the gym and everything. And I noticed that amongst a lot of the staff. And I was like, wow, either the Dominican race is more genetically endowed than I thought, or they just recruit fit-looking people to work at this resort. But, other, but you know, it just struck me as interesting. Also, I think you have a thing with uh, Al Gorgeous Eyes Horford, who's Dominican. His eyes are beautiful, yeah. let me just say. Yeah. And so is his basketball. But yeah, in terms of what we did as like a vacation, because of course we went there to relax and have fun, we had two excursions. One was ziplining, which is really cool. I've done ziplining before in a camp setting. Uh, I never went to camp. It was more like a retreat at a campsite. And that was like a, you know, like a baby zipline. This was actually like tropical ziplining. You would zipline through trees or above fields, above a river at one time, you know, long ones, some that last you know, 20, 25 seconds. It was really fun. A little bit intimidated by it at first, but once you get the first one under your belt, once you just jump for the first time and, and go through it, it's just, it's really fun. And it's a really cool way to take in some of the sights and enjoy the nature around you. Next day, we went dune buggying, or rather just bugging. It really wasn't dune buggying, but it's like a dune buggy vehicle. Basically, the fun of that was you get to go on these backcountry roads that have a lot of potholes and for once you can run over your potholes and, and not feel bad about it because you know when you're driving you're not supposed to 
hit a pothole, you're worried about your tires, but not in buggies. You just go, you hit it as hard as you want. You're going to bounce up and down. It's fun. It's basically like go-karts for adults. It's like behind the wheel with like basically little to no responsibility and little to no hazard of something really, really bad happening to you. So as I mentioned before, I did take some Spanish in college. So I had a basic understanding of some vocabulary and I was able to put together some sentences. I was actually a little bit surprised at how many words I did remember. So shout out to the WashU language department for that. So I, I, you know, whenever someone would need help to say a word in Spanish, I would try and remember it. We also had uh, one of our family members lived in Panama. So he, he was like the primary source of like Spanish, but like I would also like chime in if I knew the word or, or something. I tried to do this one thing at a restaurant and I'd recommend anyone else to try and do it as well for a very funny moment. It didn't work out for me, but hopefully it works out for you and you'll get a kick out of it. My uncle. So what I was trying to get him to say in Spanish is I'm full. We were at a restaurant and I was trying to get him to say I'm full. And you know, when you say I'm full, you kind of stroke your belly like, oh, I'm full. Please, no more food, no dessert. I'm full. I told him the word for full was embarazado. Oh boy, the classic Spanish mistake. <laughs> or was this intentional? Were you doing this on purpose? I was doing this on purpose. Oh, wanted, that's awesome. Embarazado means pregnant. <laughs> so I wanted my uncle to say, I don't want any more food. I'm pregnant and stroke his belly. Because I just wanted the waiter to get a kick out of that. Oh, Unfortunately, awesome. <laughs> that didn't work out. But if you're going what to a classic Spanish speaking why country. Didn't, why didn't it work? He that just he never needed to see, say that. Aww. I tried to tell him, I think, or I tried to tell someone, but he never said like I'm full. Like it just that opportunity never arose. Usually, people think that means embarrassed, and that that's what they say when they yeah. are trying to say I'm embarrassed. But it's full is good because you're rubbing your tummy. Exactly, and I'm I, and they would probably be like, oh wait, isn't that the word for embarrassed? I'm like, no, 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 it's the word for full. It's one of those words that doesn't sound like what it means, which is true because it's true. You're not you're not, not lying, like except you just did lie. But whatever, <laughs> I just did lie. I was just trying to just plant that to get a kick out of it. So if you're going to a Spanish speaking country, try pulling that. You might have more success than I did. But anyway, to get serious for a second, obviously I had a great time on this vacation. But did I really go to the Dominican Republic? Like, did I really experience the Dominican? And the answer is not that easy, and it might be leaning towards no. We stayed at a resort, a all-inclusive resort. Our hotel was part of like four or five hotels in this one massive campus. You have to take like shuttle rides around the campus just to get from restaurant to restaurant, from hotel to hotel. Beaches were you know right outside our back window. Pools everywhere, shows, buffets, uh, restaurants of all different types. For lunch, we basically ate fries and pizza and pasta and bread and anything else you'd eat here in America or anywhere else in Western countries. And for dinner, we'd eat at uh, a themed restaurant, like so like an Italian restaurant, Mexican restaurant, uh, Indian restaurant. So basically everything around us was comfortable and Western. And the thing that's causing me the most pause is that that's the way I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be comfortable. And, you know, I keep saying I want to travel a lot. At least I keep telling myself that. But traveling frequently entails being in uncomfortable situations because you're not always going to be at an all-inclusive resort with buffets and pools and room service. You're going to actually have to immerse yourself within different cultures and live like locals. Would I be able to do that? I mean, do I really want to be a real traveler? This is something I've just been internally thinking about. I'm not trying to complain about my vacation. It was exactly how I wanted to be. I loved it. So I wouldn't change that. But that's what's troubling me is that it was comfortable and that's the way I wanted to wanted it to be. I mean, just to, just to give my perspective, like, I think it's totally fine to enjoy a vacation that is just staying at a resort and like having a good time there. 
And I mean, obviously, you know, you want to appreciate these limited times where you can visit new places. But at the same time, right, you're going with your family, like you're doing what they're doing. And that's okay. You're enjoying spending time with your family. And then later on, like if you want to travel to new places, I don't think that's any indication of you not being like a real traveler, not really wanting to, you know, have those experiences. I think you were just doing what your family was doing for vacation, right? Well, let's put it this way. If we didn't live in this all-inclusive resort, if we if we ventured out of the hotel campus more often, every, basically every time we did, it was in a controlled environment. We were like on a bus going to a excursion or we were, one time we hired like a taxi to take us shopping. Basically everything was controlled. And even when we left the left the hotel area, we were like in a bubble. And if I try and think of how I would have liked the vacation if it wasn't that way, if I was out in the actual city of Punta Cana, I don't think I would have liked it as much. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm wrestling with right now is maybe that shouldn't be the way I think about it if I really want to be a traveler because there's no all-inclusive resorts in like the middle of Paris or there's no all-inclusive resorts if I go to India. You know, like I mean, there are, but that's not where you that's not the way to consume those locations the caribbean and islands yeah that's you know resorts are the way to do it but if i want to go see these places that i do eventually want to see it's going to be in a different way and am i going to am i going to be comfortable with that am i going to be happy with that i don't know that's just a personal thing i've been that i've I, that's come to my attention after this vacation so yeah i get that but like you experience different places in different ways and you know it's got to be a vacation for some reason like you know you got to treat yourself in some way right that's what it being a vacation is but I do, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It was just my, just something that occurred to me. For sure. It's a good point to make. Okay, so after we got back from that vacation, it basically signaled, okay, we got to get ready for law school. It was about a little before July 20th. So, you know, we had two, three weeks to get everything set up and get all the, you know, stuff ready for, for me to start school here in Nashville. So by then we had already picked out our apartment, started the lease. So I had a place, I had a unit to come move into. But then, you know, I obviously need furniture, uh, bed, desk, sofa, you know, the essentials like that. So big shout out to Ikea, Ikea the goat. Basically 90% of this apartment is Swedish. It could be like the Swedish embassy here in Nashville. That's how many Ikea products I have around me right now. I'm recording right now from my room. Pretty much everything here is from Ikea, except maybe my sofa. I think I got that from Costco and some other little things here or there. But the tricky thing about Ikea is that there's no Ikea in Nashville. There is one in Memphis, but there's not one in Nashville. So what that meant was we had to buy all our stuff in Memphis and drive it up here to Nashville, which was um, (laughs) time consuming and labor intensive. But it's one of those situations where you just got to do what you got to do. For those of you who don't know, and I think Ryan is among these people because he didn't even know where Memphis was on the map. Nashville is only three hours away from Memphis via car. It is very close. It's like a day trip type distance. And that's exactly what we did. I think we went four times to go look for apartments. Each time was a day trip. Drive three hours in the morning, get there, drive three hours back at home. And then we went four times to set it up, whether it was kind of taking furniture or just coming up here and getting stuff like the internet up and, and everything. And, uh, some of those, especially when we were moving, were very, very long days. We would leave in the morning, and the latest we got back was 4.30 a.m. in Memphis. So long days, labor-intensive days, but my mom and dad really, really helped to get everything set up for me so I'd be ready to go once uh, school started. 
And I finally drove up last Thursday, you know, on my own to settle in for school. And I just finished my first day of orientation today, which is really cool. I was, of course, nervous, as anyone is before their first day of school, or especially when you're amongst a whole new group of new people. But it was fun. I I took comfort in the fact that I've done this before at WashU in terms of immersing myself in a whole new student body. And I just, you know, was myself, talked about what I knew about, talked to whoever was around me. And, and, and that's what gave me comfort too, is that just go with your gut and see what happens. You know, who knows? I might have met some of my best friends today. I might have met some of my future colleagues and peers today. People I work with on projects or people I work with when I eventually become a lawyer. I don't know. Time will tell. We'll see how the people who I've met, how those relationships develop. Or there's people I'll meet tomorrow or the next day or next semester or my 2L year, my 3L year. You know, you never know. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, I can't control what happens. Just sit back, go with your gut and enjoy the ride. So that's where I'm right now. Yeah, man. That's really exciting. It's a really exciting time for you. I, I will say like, I'm a bit jealous. It's really cool that, you know, you're kind of having not the same experience, right? It's like a new thing. It's going to be a new challenge for you, but you're going to be, you know, in a new place, meeting new people and really like developing those relationships, which is awesome. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of stress. And, you know, it's law school. I've been told many times, especially this first year of law school is going to be very challenging, very informative. And according to our speaker today, it could even be the best year of my education. So yeah, absolutely. And I have no doubt that you are going to kick ass at law school. So I'm rooting for you, but Thank I'm you. rooting for Appreciate you, but I'm not like, okay, so that's me. I think that's that the longest sense. I've ever had like a soliloquy on here. It's a shame because it was so good. I really appreciated hearing that life update. You need to talk about yourself more and I need to do it less. <laughs> no, no. Well, I want you to talk about it right now because I haven't talked to you in like four weeks. So what's, what's been going on? You were on an adventure for four weeks out in the woods of Malibu. Huh? I was. Yeah. Camp was really fun. Uh, I had a really good time. It was exhausting in a lot of ways. Like being a camp counselor is one of the hardest jobs you'll ever do. And I knew that going in, but it was really challenging for me in like a way that was different from a lot of the other things that I've tried before that have been challenging. It's not a very analytical job. You're not crunching numbers. You're not staring at a computer all day. It doesn't require, you know, that much kind of mathematical problem solving or processing. But what it does require is a lot of people skills and a lot of integrity and a lot of energy and a lot of just caring right like a lot of energy that you put towards your kids and your co-counselors and all of that stuff and that was really good for me to you know try a job where it's a little intimidating for me it's a little out of my comfort zone or even a lot out of my comfort zone but it was good I you know think I succeeded at you know doing that to the best of my ability and I thought I was a pretty good counselor to you know these kids that I had um, who were really young. I had like the youngest kids, seven to nine years old. I loved some of them. They were so great. Uh, very cute. They take like 20 minutes to put on their shoes in the morning to like, you know, leave the cabin. But besides that, they're all adorable and I love them very much and I, I miss them. Um, and I also miss a lot of the uh, co-counselors who I worked with who are really awesome people for sure. Yeah. So you're you're not necessarily a camp person in terms of you didn't do this when you were a kid. How did you end up as a camp counselor your senior after your senior year of college? Yeah. So um, basically, I found this um, this job or not not a job but like a coding boot camp in San Francisco that I was going to be doing, and that started in the fall. And so I needed something productive to do with my summer. I didn't want to just sit at home. 
And I knew from our mutual friend, Joe, who has not been on the podcast yet, but he totally should, that I will, I, I guess I had, I didn't really hear after I, you know, needed something to do for the summer. I'd been hearing all four years of college. He's been working at this camp for years now, and he's actually really high up there. He was the program director this summer, and he loves it. He's been going since he was really young. He loves the camp, and I thought, why not? I'll try it out. I'll, you know, be in the same place as Joe for the summer. I'll have a place to stay on my days off, and I'll, like, challenge myself in this different way. And, yeah, so I kind of signed up for that on a whim. I, you know, talked with the camp director. He said he'd hire me, and... Here we are. I flew out to Malibu, basically, to L.A. Yeah, that's something I very much admire about you and something that was told to me today in my first day of orientation, which is don't be afraid of failure. Not saying that you failed, but what the speaker was telling us was don't avoid something worthwhile just because you're afraid of failure. And, you know, that's something that's being reminded to me at the beginning of this journey. And I see that you did that with your summer. And that's really admirable. And I really need to learn more. I do that and challenge myself. Yeah, well, speaking of not being afraid of failure and maybe having to deal with failure, um, one of the reasons I was saying I was kind of jealous of you earlier with all this you know, new stuff starting and you being in a place where you're going to meet a bunch of new people is that, unfortunately, I have kind of a sucky life update, which is that the program that I was going to be doing in San Francisco, out of the blue, just got canceled. Um, so I am kind of left high and dry here. I am on my own basically obviously like living with my family at home which i'm very lucky to you know have to fall back on and i have nothing to do at the moment so i'm basically going to be starting a job search um i found out that this had happened on one of my off days at camp when i still had two weeks before camp was even over and i really had access to any like cell service so i kind of found out that day and couldn't really do anything about it for two weeks and it's actually been three weeks since um, that happened. And I've just got home and gotten access to my computer to really like start to kind of, you know, put my shit together a little bit in terms of, you know, what I'm going to be doing next. But yeah, that's an update that I thought the listeners, you know, deserve to hear. It hasn't been a great month for me in terms of that. Um, there's some other stuff that's been happening that hasn't been great. But, um, you know, I I actually have been kind of like looking at myself and being like, wow, I'm actually reacting to this pretty well i think and like really approaching it in the right way i hope and you know i i really trust that like in the end things will work out this was kind of just a random you know fluke of variance of just like bad luck basically that the program i was doing happened to get canceled they basically had to cancel it for financial reasons and so yeah that's my situation right now if anyone listening happens to have some sort of job opportunity or idea for what i could do Obviously, feel free to reach out. I'm kind of reaching out everywhere right now. But yeah, I, I guess I you know wanted to talk a little bit about just how I'm kind of approaching that news and like how to sort of approach bad news like this and to, you know, really like, I guess, get through it or like struggle through it because that's something that I think is worth talking about on a podcast like this um, because we're supposed to be sharing our real lives and advice from them. Yeah, I mean, basically... I think my main piece of advice would just be like, this is the time to where all of those relationships you've cultivated and, you know, all those people that you know who are really good and helpful and supportive, this is the time where you get to use that support, right? This is the time where you reach out to your friend and say, hey, I'm going through something tough right now. Like, 
you just, you know, say that to them and hopefully if they're a good person, they'll be like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, what can I do to help or just be there to support you? Um, and that's something that can be really tough to do. It's something that feels a little bit weak or it feels selfish because you're reaching out to someone and basically just saying like, hey, can you help me? And that's something that we're conditioned to kind of avoid doing because it's just something that, you know, when you're in a good position, right, you don't want to be just like asking people to help you all the time. But I really think it's something that like is meant for these situations where you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. That's why you have friends. And if you think about it on the other end, like I would be really glad if a friend was in a tough situation and reached out to me for help. I think that's something that really shows that like you're someone they trust and you're someone that is important in their life that can really give them that support. So yeah. And then just practically in terms of, you know, what I'm doing next, part of the frustrating part about it was finding out in the middle of camp and really not being able to do anything about it for multiple weeks. That was tough because I'm the type of person who really just wants to jump into something. Like if something bad happens, I want to try to fix it or try to at least do what I can to kind of move forward from it right away. And I couldn't really do that. I was super busy at camp. I, you know, didn't have access to my computer. I didn't have access to any Wi-Fi or cell service. I just had to throw myself into camp. And I did that. And I think that was kind of a good learning experience for me that like there are there's sometimes going to be things that you can't control um, or at least can't control for a little while. You just have to accept that and focus on what you can control and, you know, the people and things around you that are important for you right now. And I think I did that pretty well. Um, It was definitely tough. And like there were moments where I was just like, man, what am I doing here? Like, I just need to be back home, like figuring out this job search. But then I was like, no, you know what? You have time. Like you can, you know, it's important that you're at camp. There's like a bunch of people around you that are really cool and nice and supportive. You can use that and you can, you know, focus on this. And it's actually, it has, you know, it was a pretty good distraction while I was unable to really do anything about my situation. Uh, And then now that I'm back, now that I'm back home, my goal is to really, you know, focus in on this and kind of learn a little bit more about the job searching process so that, you know, next time whenever tragedy strikes or whenever something unfortunate happens or when I just want to switch careers or, you know, whatever, I'm sure that'll happen plenty in my life. I'm more prepared uh, because that's something that I haven't ever really been that great at is like presenting myself and going through a process like this. And it's something that I want to get better at. So this is a great opportunity to do that because I really have nothing else to do. This is kind of the only thing I need to do right now. So yeah, that's kind of what's been happening at my life, um, in my life. It's not great news, but I thought it would be a good thing to talk about and like a good thing that, you know, and I could give some hopefully constructive advice to the people listening. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing. Thanks for being open about it. One of the hardest things to do. Our friend Joe is very a big fan of this is being vulnerable and sharing, you know, shortcomings and, you know, not just being prideful all the time. That's one of the things I struggle with too is masking some of my shortcomings just because I don't want people to know I'm struggling. Um, so thank you for sharing what you learned from it and giving people advice if this were ever to happen to them. And I do want to underscore something here. This is very, very, very unfortunate. Ryan has had he said his month has been bad, but in regards to this job search, I haven't seen anyone work as hard for it and come up with nothing. He's been on this for going back to last calendar year. He had a couple of things in the works and those due to some very unfortunate circumstances didn't work through and 
he had this thing he was really excited about and then some freak thing took it away so it's not like he just latched onto one thing and you know he didn't work for it and he it just happened to go away no he's been working for it for a long long time and I know with that same attitude and determination, he'll find something quickly. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I would say like overall being at, you know, school and during senior year, I didn't put in as much work in terms of the job process as a lot of people did. I had some things that didn't really work out, but I, I will just say like I wasn't focusing on it like 100% while I was still focusing on classes and like people in senior year. So I don't want to give off that impression that like I've been relentlessly focused on this and like really working my butt off. This is I'm going to start doing that right now because I have the time to devote to that. But yeah, I, I do. I do appreciate the, you know, the the kind words. Yeah. No, you went from what I what I saw was like you went from like zero to 100 real quick. Like you put together a resume, you started your, you know, you're applying on LinkedIn and all this other thing. So you really got it together quickly. I think that's what I, I saw happen is you realize, oh, I need to be doing this. And then you got on it just like you said earlier. When you see a problem, you just hop on it and uh you exactly did that. And I admired that. So in terms of these, you know, major life updates that we both had, uh, we wanted to give a few updates on where the show is going to go going forward. Um, that's something that is important to us. And it's important for us to communicate that to you guys, our 10 listeners, as we constantly joke about. I think there may be 12 or something right now. So we've, we've grown. It's been good. Who knows what the number is, but whoever you are, however many you are, we have some important news to share besides all the stuff going on in our lives. Yeah. So I just wanted to start off with the statement that is very true and that I wanted to like really emphasize, which is we're really proud of this project that we undertook almost a year ago. I remember the first conversation we had about it was in like September, I think, of last year or October, something like that. Yeah, it was late October yeah. because we got it together and put some stuff out in November. Like we started recording beginning of November. So October of last year. So it's been like 10 months or something. This is episode 40, 40 weeks. Yeah. We have put something out every yeah. week. And, you know, we might not have that many listeners as we constantly joke about. But overall, I'm really proud of the content that we've been putting out. There have been some hits, some misses. But I think overall, like we've done a good job and there's a lot of stuff that we can, you know, learn from and a lot of stuff we can build on. Definitely. That being said, we always want to be improving and there are some changes that we think will be necessary to make that happen. Yeah. So basically, for starters... With Shifim starting law school, there need to be some changes we've decided behind the scenes in terms of the workload balance of this podcast. I don't know how many people knew this. I may have mentioned it a few times, but Shivam has been doing all of our editing every week since we started this, which like just a moment. I know he'll hate this, but I'm just going to take a moment to appreciate that. There we go. That was me clapping for Shivam. I know you hated it. Okay. The moment is over. We're going to move on. Um, Okay. (laughs) So going forward, I'm going to have to take on some or all of that responsibility, depending. We're going to like see how that works. Shivam being at law school and me being unemployed basically right now, we think that's like a good decision to make. So secondly, we, you know, we do think that like the large variety of topics that we tend to cover has led to some really successful episodes. There have also been some topics that led to less compelling weeks and, you know, some topics that to be honest, we're kind of boring and like not super great. So going forward, we want to try and narrow the focus of the show into something that's more sustainable and consistent week to week. That's something that we haven't exactly figured out what we're going to do with yet, but it's something that we're both going to be talking about and working on. 
going forward. For all these changes we want to make, we think the best approach is to take some time off from releasing weekly episodes in order to give me some time to adjust to law school and give both of us some time to make the transition into a new workload distribution and potentially a more focused theme. So with that in mind, the show is going to go on pause for a month to give us that time. We will be back in mid-September with new episodes and another update, and we will continue from there. So don't delete the show. It does not cost any money to keep it there. Stay subscribed if you are. Whenever we start putting episodes out again, you'll get them automatically, just like you have been for the last 40 weeks. So don't give up on us yet. Just a little hiatus. Yeah, and you know, I definitely wanted to say thank you to everyone who has listened throughout the past year. We do it mostly for ourselves because, to be honest, there aren't that many of you, and I just want to talk to Shivam every week. But we also do it for you a little bit. Just a little bit, though. Mostly it's for me and Shivam. I do want to also say thank you to Ryan. We really talked about this, and we figured out this was the best solution for right now. And, you know, it's not ideal to take a pause in a podcast that's supposed to be weekly, but we're doing what's best for us and for the show. So thank you, Ryan. Now is also the best time to give us advice in terms of what you like and don't like about the show, because during this time is when we'll really be considering where to go with it and what changes we can make. So, as you're used to hearing at the end of every show, here are the ways you can contact us. You can email us at pauseprocess at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook on the page Pause the Process, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ptp underscore pod. You can definitely DM us there. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe, rate, review, and Apple Podcasts so that you get the episodes automatically when we begin to release them again. That's all for this time, so let's hit resume. Beep! What was that? That's me hitting the pause button. Shouldn't it be the resume button? <sighs> Look, the people get it, Shivam. See you in a month, everybody. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to talk to you for a month now. <laughs>